Hello and welcome to A Pint of Cthulhu. Instead of being in front of the bar today, we're going to go behind the bar and interview a very special guest of ours from a very beloved podcast, The Arkham Files. Alex, please take it away. Hey guys, uh, thanks for having me on. It's awesome to be here. I also do, I just got to say, I want to be the very best like no one ever was. <laughs> to catch them is my quest. <laughs> to train them is my course. <laughs> Damn it, Tukin, you're supposed to carry that on. Oh, oh, were you, buddy? I oh, couldn't. Buddy. I was laughing too hard. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just... <laughs> couldn't sing through the I pain. wasn't ready for it. Oh, oh God. Okay. We were just talking about Pokemon off air before we started. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Alex, so it's it's amazing to have you here. We're looking forward to playing our scenario with you, which will be coming out probably the day after this is released, or maybe the same day. I've yet to decide. But, dude, honestly, tell us a bit about yourself and your podcast. Um. All right. Well, yeah. And again, thanks for having me on, guys. It's awesome. It's super cool. Um. It's. Uh, so about me, uh, I'm just a pretty regular dude, you know, that's it. The end. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> yeah, we started, we started the podcast. I think we're going on four years now. Um, and it's me and my four brothers who were on the show. Also four of my brothers. Sorry. Those aren't all the brothers. As I know, there's this percolating <laughs> question in the ether of just how many of us there are running around. I don't know if I ever want to quite answer because we're just going to keep bringing more on. Um, but there are more than there are on the show, though. I will tell you that. Um, uh, and our friend Donovan, who we've been friends with since we were like 12 years old. So we've known him forever. Um, yeah. So we I've been wanting to do a podcast for a long time. Like, you know, I got same. I think same thing that same way all of us got into it. We found one of these shows or we we're into these games and started listening. And we're just like, oh, this is awesome. I love it. You know, the first one I, I found, I found these podcasts because I wanted to get into playing Dungeons and Dragons because I'd never played before. And so like I bought the books and then I was like, hey, I wonder if there's like a podcast or something where they teach you how to play. And then so then I stumbled onto the like Wizards of the Coast podcast and they had the Acquisition Incorporated guys on. It was like the very first episodes they did to like test out fourth edition D&D. Ever since then, when they started doing that, I was like, oh, man, this will be fun. This will be a lot of fun to do something like this. So it's been a long time that I've really wanted to actually do it. And then, you know, finally pulled the trigger on it a few years ago. But, yeah, so me, I, um, uh, like we were just talking a little bit before, uh, I was a mailman for a long time, <laughs> for like 18 years. Geez, like right out of high school up until just a few years ago, um, which is where a lot of my love of like audio entertainment format came from was just when you're doing mail and delivering mail and you're just by yourself a lot and you're kind of, so you got your headphones and you're listening to stuff. Um, and so did that for a long time and yeah, we have a little bit of like audio engineering background from when we were younger. We, we've been in various bands. When I say we, I mean really most of us, uh, me, Pete, Sam had a band when we were teenagers uh, Donovan jumped in on that too. And so a little bit of audio engineering from there, we did some recording and stuff. We set up our own recording, um, you know, uh, set up in our, our rooms and stuff. And so, 
So we had a little bit of the skills that it takes to, you know, get the stuff up and running, editing and recording. And so, yeah, finally pulled it all together. I conned the rest of the guys into doing this show. I'm, I'm by far the biggest nerd of our group, you know? And so I think probably just about every person I know that plays Dungeons and Dragons or Call of Cthulhu is because I've dragged them into it at some point. So, so yeah, that's, that's how the show got in. I was like, Hey, you guys want to do a podcast with me? They're like, oh, we don't know anything about this. And I'm like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> I'll teach you. <laughs> so. Uh, oh, well, fair play. Tukin, do you want to do the next one? Sure. What drink do you think a pint of Cthulhu would be? Non-alcoholic water. No hesitation. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> there has to be. It has to be non-alcoholic water. Without hesitation. Without hesitation. I love it. Matt, I don't, I don't know why you put these questions in here. They're kind of weird. It's, um, what underwear are you wearing? Ooh. Um, oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> I just like to point out how he said oh, that's in here. I mean, the second one both, he sent this, me. This, oh wait, were these yeah, I mean, questions? Like you didn't want me to? Yeah. Uh, ooh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> the next one. Matt. He says, uh, Matt, why'd you put this question? I sent you photos. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. I wasn't supposed to ask that one. The, second, um, the third uh, one was, uh, can you send me your underwear? Oh, God. Oh, God. Check, check. In the mail. I still got hookups at the post office. I know how it all goes down. <laughs> Matt, I can't believe you, but it's supposed to be professional. I don't even oh, know. Oh, God. I'm, I'm so sorry, Alex. This, no, I no, mean, no. Uh, it's fla- <laughs> Thank you, Tukum, for bringing this time down. <laughs> it's flattering, really. That's what I was hoping for. I was like, I know they so, like my podcast, but really all I want is for people to appreciate me for my body. So. <laughs> We're acquiring your DNA to clone you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, so <laughs> you continue then, Matt. I mean, we can't yeah. ask those questions. Sorry, but I kind of rambled for with a the while, normal so. ones. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, honestly, that's the whole point is. Um, what got you into Call of Cthulhu? You said you were a D&D player to start with, but what got you to Call of Cthulhu? Yeah, um, so I've always been a big fan of of H.P. Lovecraft ever since I was a kid. Um, you know, like, I, I always liked Cthulhu, and I, I'd actually seen the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game kind of kicking around when I was a kid, and I always looked at it, and there were various, like, video games and computer games that had been made from it over the years and so every once in a while you'd kind of you know i kind of see one and it was interesting and i'd be like oh man i want to play that and i never really got a chance to um i don't know about you guys but it's like it seems just about anybody who has any interest in D comes from at least i don't know kind of more in our generation where it's like somebody they knew had like a, a rule book hanging around like their older brother or something and you just looked at it and was like this looks amazing i want to play it but i can't figure it out because i'm you know six years old and so, um, so like that's that's what drove me when I was to go and pick up D and D finally because I was like, you know what, I'm gonna freaking play that game finally. <laughs> I've been wanting to since I was like five, and now it's gonna happen. Uh, so yeah, so I just went out and bought all of the books for like D and D fourth edition and just taught myself how to play, and then dragged all my friends into it. But yeah, so Call of Cthulhu was like that too. It was one of those that it's like, I always remembered that it was, that they also had a role-playing game for it. And I always liked horror stuff. You know, I always loved Lovecraft, um, Lovecraft's writing, his, his short stories and everything. So it's always been something I wanted to do. And then um, 
And, you know, like I was saying, I've been kind of wanting to do a podcast like this ever since I heard the Acquisition Incorporated stuff. Um, and the D&D sphere is, like, pretty flooded. So I was like, I don't want to just kind of jump in and get lost in the mix with all of that stuff. And then I remembered, I'm like, you know what? I would love to dig into Call of Cthulhu because I've been wanting to play that game forever. And so then I looked up and I found other Call of Cthulhu podcasts and started listening to some of those. Um, and so, yeah, so me actually playing and actually finally getting into Call of Cthulhu was in preparation to actually do the podcast like so the podcast actually even drove me to to actually finally get into that game itself would you like to take the next one sure sure i actually have a question isn't in the list he provided me a list i don't know why i got a script yeah i'm sorry the nudes are at the bottom i know (laughs) so i was actually interested because i'm you say you're actually into hp lovecraft do you actually have Mm -hmm. a specific story that you actually like from hp um my favorite is always uh uh shadow over insmith was always my favorite <sighs> i love shadow over i Insmith. Do. i love the setup i love the um uh the the style of it is just great i mean it's always very lovecraftian but just the um what is it i love those stories where it's like he comes into insmith and it's like the being surrounded by like hostile people like and you're on your own and he's trying to escape and and you know just the intrigue and mystery and like there's few people that do just the mysterious you know uh you know horror around the edges which is really kind of like lovecraft's bread and butter you know um that you know nobody really hardly does that better than lovecraft and so being able to build just that atmosphere i love that about uh uh, Shadow over Insmith, and so that one was always my favorite. Yeah, I do enjoy that in the actual. I don't know if it's Matt. You can put me on this, whether or not it's uh, the Keeper Guide or the the Investigator Guide, but one of them includes the the Dunwich Horror, which is actually surprisingly my favorite. Yeah, because uh, I thought it was very well done. Because surprisingly, I'm not a big fan of the Call of the Cthulhu one. Yeah, <laughs> um, it, it's actually it's very it's very hard to keep up with. And the climax of it is very like it's just at the end, um, mm-hmm. while Dunwich Horror is kind of like, as you say, is kind of like Shadow of Innsmouth, where, you know, it's very laid out. There's a story from start to finish. And yeah, it builds up over time. And it's very very well done so mm-hmm. but you yeah can, yeah it actually puts the entire the entire story i think I, matt i said matt i don't know do you know which one it was it was the investigator guide of call of cthulhu or is it the actual keeper guide it actually puts the dunwich horror in there just as a guide for people oh, who kind yeah. Of understand yeah that's the, the hp lovecraft universe mm-hmm. okay the keepers okay didn't even need to answer <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the keepers guide uh this leads on perfectly to um the next question i was going to ask what scenarios would you say are the best you've played so far? Ooh, so best I've played. Um, that's another thing. I haven't played that much. <laughs> um, I, 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 you know, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Um, always a keeper, never a player. Um, but actually, no, I have. I know that I have, one. The other guys have been picking up running games lately more, which has been cool. So I've been able to play a lot more. But um, my favorite scenarios um, are probably ones that we've done on the show. Uh, I love Deadlight. Deadlight is probably my favorite scenario. Oh, Deadlight. Um, oh. <laughs> the cursed Deadlight scenario. Um, it is cursed yeah. for us. <laughs> You're telling me about it. Every time you try and play it, a uh, tornado tries to kill Toucan. Oh, you told them about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, yeah. So, that's the secret, guys, <laughs> about uh, Deadlight. It actually summons 
hurricanes or summons tornadoes <laughs> yeah. to Arkansas. So we apologize yeah. for that, oh, too, Ken. Yeah. That was probably a couple of those were our fault. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all like um, you're open the Necronomicon and <laughs> me under the bus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I would definitely, I think Deadlight's my top, probably just because it's such a tight scenario. It's so tight. It's really well written, which is funny, actually, because even in the original version, there are like some typos and like a character that they bring up that never actually shows up in the whole thing, <laughs> in the whole rest of the scenario, which brings me to a, another you know, complaint about a lot of Call of Cthulhu scenarios is that a lot of them actually are not very well written. <laughs> There's my mm. hot take. Um, but, uh, Deadlight though, I mean, I guess what I would say about not well-written is like, there's, it almost seems almost every scenario you pick up, you have to edit in some way. Right. Yeah. So like, to me, it's like if a really well-written scenario is one you can just pick up and play. And that's what I feel about Deadlight. Deadlight is really well-written. The, the, the setup is awesome. Um, the atmosphere is great. The storm, the rain, the, the monster in it is fantastic. Uh, it's, it's self-contained, but it gives you a lot of freedom. It gives the players a lot of freedom to do stuff, but it is like contained enough that you can still keep it to a one shot. So yeah, I, I can't say enough about deadlight. It's fantastic. Um, and then I guess, let's see off the top of my head, my other favorite, I do love Mr. Corbett, which is the first one we ran for our show. Um, it has kind of a lot of flaws in it, actually, um, but I, I got a real soft spot for Mr. Corbett. It's a, uh, it's one of my favorites. Also has a very large butthole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can't beat a story that that. Oof, I, okay, I will say. F- I don't know how to say ends in a butthole monster without it sounding absolutely <laughs> terrible <laughs> I'm like, climaxes nope finishes mm-mm, nope okay nope none of those are that gonna is, work when you go that right is into the perfect it. description though yeah <laughs> climaxes in a butthole <laughs> yeah in a butthole monster i was just like yeah okay yeah i don't there's no way for me to <laughs> finish that sentence uh but yeah, I love Mr. Corbett. Again, I love the setup of that. I'm a big fan of, I don't know if you noticed, one of my all-time favorite, like, you know, quote-unquote horror movies, horror comedies, is The Burbs, which we quote a lot on the show. And a lot of our, we have a lot of references to it in Mr. Corbett. But, so, there's a lot of those elements in it. If you haven't seen The Burbs, it's it's fantastic. It's a great movie. It's hilarious. Um, but just the, I love the, I love the kind of stories where there's just the weird neighbor and you're trying, everybody is just getting weirded out by him and you're, you're spying on him and you're trying to get more intrigued. And is it like, is it the neighbor who's weird or is it us who are crazy? Cause we're just bored. Um, but a lot of my favorite movies and stories are kind of based around that setup. My, my favorite Hitchcock is like is rear window, which is essentially a really similar setup where, you know, he's watching his neighbor out the window because his neighbor gets into something really, you know, he starts seeing something suspicious. So I, I, I love those types of stories. So yeah, Mr. Corbett, I'm a big fan of that one. So can I say that you would actually enjoy the game Secret Neighbor? Secret or neighbor. Hello Neighbor. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Um, Hello Neighbor. It's very similar. I, one thing I've noticed when we ran it, it was it is very similar to. Uh, it feels like Hello Neighbor was kind of inspired by that campaign. Yeah, it feels like because it's very similar, right? Mm, what's in the basement? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, 
and it's yeah i've seen hello neighbor it looks it looks fun i haven't played it but but yeah again it's it's one of those things where i see it and i'm, I'm immediately intrigued just because the you know i love the normal setting and like supposedly normal people and then something just goes weird you know and you have to mm. you know you have to deal with it which i guess is a lot of the appeal of the appeal of call of cthulhu in the first place is that's kind of you know the whole basis for it is you know you're not heroes like in D&D, you're just they're just regular people who happen to have stumbled into something supernatural. And then how do you I handle it? I think that's it? how I described it to you guys when we first started playing this, wasn't it? Your people not heroes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think it's exactly what you you specified. It's not the same as in like, you know, D&D where you're you know kind of like the the adventurers, you're the heroes of of that area or are of this adventure while here you're just normal dudes yeah normal dudes and gals and, and all that and you're just kind of trying to stumble your way through like a normal person would mm-hmm. be trying to deal with what the situation they're in so but other other than you know the poorly written campaigns uh <laughs> is there anything else about is there anything else that uh you you kind of dislike about Call of Cthulhu? Is there like other aspects that you, you would kind of change or do um, different? Let's see. What would I do different? Um, for some reason, I struggle with the chase rules a lot. I, mm. I don't know if they're really that complicated, but for some reason, every time I go to like run a chase, I'm like, okay, how do I do this? And then I end up kind of like throwing it out and half making up my own rules on the spot. Um, though I like I like the chase idea but for some reason i can never make it work which i don't know if that's me or if it's a problem with the rules um but uh there's a lot i really like about call of cthulhu um and i feel like they they tightened up a lot of things with this seventh edition which is cool um let's see anything else that i would change i guess i don't know necessarily about the rule set because i feel like the rule set is pretty solid um yeah, it's a lot of it. It's just getting into the individual scenario writing that it feels like a lot of them end up being a little, they're not, I don't know, they're not, they needed like another one or two passes over it to kind of fill in some some plot holes or, or tie some things up a little tighter. Because yeah, it's, it seems like every time I go to run one, I end up having to like fill in those myself. Um, but... Uh, I guess one thing, it is kind of an element of Call of Cthulhu, though, which so um, that is is part of what the game is, and so I guess I can't <laughs> like have too many issues with it. But I, and maybe it comes from also like trying to run a show that's based on it. Is that since the characters, um, I, I do feel like the characters a little bit kind of get a sh- the short end of the stick in in call of cthulhu just because they're all kind of inevitably doomed and so maybe you don't quite get into your character creation and your character um uh and like backstories and things like that as much as you would with like D because like D, you're like oh this guy's going all the way you know i'm gonna be playing this guy for a year and a half so so you know, I want to invest a lot of time and build a really cool character. And so I feel like, and you know, it's kind of the nature of the call of Cthulhu though, since that's kind of the nature of the, the horror aspect of it is that your, your pellet, your characters are kind of doomed. <laughs> so it's like, eh, do I want to invest a lot of time into them? Because they're probably going to be dead or insane by the end of this game. 
And so I don't know how I would fix that or balance that out, but I do feel like that is something that ends up being a little bit lacking in the game. I yeah, very good. Answer. I have kind of figured um, in that aspect uh, as well. I've kind of I've kind of noticed with the aspect of what you just level up your skills, but mm -hmm. leveling up your health is not ever an option. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So because like in, obviously, as you said, like in D and D, every time you level up, you increase your health hit points mm -hmm. and all stuff, and you get to a point where you know you're almost immortal. It's almost impossible to kill you unless right, you battle yeah. god level creatures at that point. In this game, you just can't, yeah. really. It's just not really a thing. So, and I mean, gosh, you ask Jay. Jay's on her fourth character. <laughs> was it fifth, fourth, or fifth character fifth, at this I point? Think now. I think yeah. there was, and and Cap had a character that didn't even last one session. <laughs> not even, not even yep. kidding. Killed my character. I was the last surviving like original character and killed my character and himself with the dynamite. Yeah. So, yep. but it was all one. One session. <laughs> yeah, so that's Cthulhu right there. <laughs> Get a helmet. Absolutely. Pretty much. So, as the Arkham Files DM, I have to ask I mean, DMing obviously a partner Cthulhu, there's a lot of great things about it, and there's a lot of more pain in the ass bits about it, <laughs> such as the prep and things yeah. like that. But what is something you enjoy and don't enjoy about being a DM? Um. Or what do I enjoy? I enjoy nothing. I hate everything, especially my players. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And Did we get that in the audio? This. Hold on. Clip yeah. that. <laughs> I'm going to repeat it. I hate all of you guys. Seth, Sam, Pete, Abel, Donovan. I hate you guys. <laughs> uh, no. Um, for me, like, uh, really the big drawbacks is just it's just the time commitment. That's the thing that gets really tough for me. Um, like, you know, um, I'm, I'm a pretty busy guy. I, I got to like, as much as I would love for the Arkham files to be our full-time job, uh, it's not quite gotten to that point. Um, so, you know, like I got a full-time job. I, I have a wife, I have six kids. I don't know if I mentioned that. Um, so I got, you know, six yeah, kids. I got six kids. Wow. So yeah, my oldest is 16 and my youngest is one. So it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a party. It's a party at the Morrison house. Um, so yeah, so it's just, so it's busy. And so it's really, it's the time commitment trying to get in and, and do the prep and, and like trying to get it enough to like get everybody really immersed. And that's something I really love, but it is something that is difficult. And anybody that I know runs a game. And I think it's even more important for like a horror game because like it's, it's, it's hard to scare people. You know what I mean? Like, and yes. this is what you learn from like a lot of movies. And that's why so many movies resort to like jump scares, right? Is because they're, they're cheap mm -hmm. and easy, but it's really hard to actually make people feel like, you know, kind of nervous and unsettled. And so I feel like when it comes to running a game for like call of Cthulhu, that's horror based, like trying to like put enough elements in there that you can really immerse people in to actually get them starting to feel creeped out is pretty tough um but when you do it it's awesome like when you pull it off and when you can look around the table or like and you know and people are like really like you know got that wide eye and they're actually like nervous it's cool because you know they're like really engrossed and absorbed in the game um so yeah so i guess the downside is just you know time commitment that stuff's tough uh trying to you know throw together handouts even though like i love making cool handouts 
Um, and then also you make one really cool handout and you spend a bunch of time on it and then everybody expects you to make a million cool handouts every single time. <laughs> <laughs> Setting the ball too Yeah, exactly. High. And then you kind of, yeah, and then you kind of <laughs> yeah. screwed yourself over. Um, one is a work of art. Another one is made by Microsoft. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like loosely scrawled on a bathroom wall. You just took a photo. <laughs> As you're sitting there, you thought of it. And you're like, ah, oh, here we go. Call this number for a good time, kids. Um, <laughs> Toilet thoughts are sometimes the best. Yeah, exactly. Um, the stuff that I love about um, about DMing is, like, I personally, like, I just, I love telling stories myself. It's just something I've, I, I, I've always loved. I always loved to write. Um, we used to make movies when we were kids. Like, we grew up, like, before the YouTube generation. And so, like we just have a bunch of home moving movies sitting on VHS that probably would have, you know, made us famous because <laughs> they're so awful and hilarious at the same time. But like, that's what we did as kids. And so it's always been something I've just loved. Like, and then again, like what I was saying, getting into the audio format of things and, you know, for all the time that I was working at the post office, like my primary source of entertainment and most things and learning and education was audio. And so I've really just got a deep love for, for audio and, you know, oral storytelling. And I don't know, I guess if you want to get in like really deep layers, <laughs> if I can wax too, you know, philosophical about it, but there's almost something like to me, that's like, I mean, oral storytelling has been since the beginning of mankind, right? Like that's the way people used to always communicate and almost like any kind of entertainment it goes back to like people would sit around the campfire and tell stories i have a friend um i have a friend who grew up in a, um, a refugee camp in sudan and so he was telling me that you know one day a week when they'd kind of run out of things to do and you know they'd be waiting for the next food ration and they wouldn't have anything to do he's like we just had one friend who was really funny and all we would do is go lay under a tree and he would just tell us stories and jokes you know and so to me, it's just like getting in, like dialing back into that, like so fundamental aspect of like who we are as humans of just sitting there telling each other stories, you know? And yeah. so to me, like, again, maybe getting a little too deep for, <laughs> for playing games with your buddies, but like, I don't know to me, like on a real deep level, there's, there's an aspect of that, that I absolutely love that. It's like, this is something that it's just like inherent to humans and who we are is just sitting there talking to each other, telling these stories and like communal storytelling and coming together in that aspect. So to me, like I, yeah, I really love that aspect of it, especially when you're, when you're in the same room as people and you can see the story kind of reaching out and connecting to them and like, you know, like people start to lean in around the table and you can see that like the story's actually pulling, like it's literally pulling them in. And it's just, I don't know if there's nothing really like it, I guess I would say. I bet that's a perfect answer to my question, dude. Honestly, I mean, the only other thing I can add to that is it, it's also that use of imagination mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, exactly. And just imagination and yeah. And like, and everybody participating in it too like when people are playing and people really get into it and you're playing off each other and people are coming up with ideas and it just becomes part of the reality that you're creating together it's yeah there's just like there's a different kind of magic to it that you don't really get from anything else 
Speaking of stories, you mentioned a story about Sam getting shot at. <laughs> so, oh, yes, um, when, if we're if we're if we're talking, you know, about stories, and you want to tell, yeah. us, I mean, your storytelling, then I want to hear this. Oh yeah, so <laughs> Morris tales of our misspent youth. So yeah, before off air, before we went in, we were just kind of chatting, and, and this actually came from the Pokemon theme song oddly enough because <laughs> um from pokemon to Charles yeah exactly because <laughs> uh, toucan uh expressed his joy oh no 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 uh, matt you actually started it by saying that you guys used to drive around and scream yellow submarine at people in the car and toucan was like yeah we did that too but with the pokemon song um right is that what you said toucan you did the pokemon song? yes yeah yeah so theme song or- and i was i don't know if it's is just a guy thing or just a dumb teenager kid thing or whatever or i don't know if this was like two weeks ago for you guys so maybe i'm <laughs> this was <laughs> last week just, actually just i just got done doing that this morning <laughs> yeah um. i was mad this morning <laughs> driving around yellow submarine I was also naked. Too, <laughs> That's a big yeah. factor. I mean, I wish. <laughs> yeah, of course, pics or it didn't happen. Um, no, that, well, and that was another thing we used to do. We'd drive around, and usually Sam would like press his nipple up against a window and just yell "Oh, Billy!" at them. <laughs> oh, Billy! And that was just—I don't know, man. I don't know why it's like something you have to do where you just got to run around and like mess with people. It's a rite of package. It is. It it's really a rite of passage. <laughs> and so. So yeah, so that's something we 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 would do. We'd drive around, we'd yell lyrics at people, we'd show them nipples, um, <laughs> and we just do dumb pranks, you know. Uh, Sam would do this one, and Sam was like, Sam's like whole persona as a teenager was like, how ridiculous can I look and be? Um, and so he had like a bleached blonde mullet, and this was way outside of either time when mullets were cool. Mullets had been cool oh, and were now super lame, and now mullets are kind of coming back again as being cool. But this was right in that pocket of like mullets are ridiculous. Um, and so, <laughs> of course, Sam shaves his hair into this like mullet, and he has this bleached blonde, like 80s hair metal rocker hair that's in this mullet. And we just drive him around and make him do ridiculous things. He'd wear like overalls with no shirt, you know. And he'd just like shake up a soda and like stand out in front of like a restaurant and open it and have this soda just spray all over in his face while everybody's watching him through the windows. And they're like, what is going on? Is this like overall no shirt <laughs> mullet kid? Was- <laughs> so what I'm hearing is Impractical Jokers stole their idea from it, you guys. 100%. That's exactly what this sounds like. 100%. <laughs> I'm, I'm suing. I'm, we got a lawsuit like we're going right now yeah. <laughs> but like uh, maybe they and the dumb the thing is is like this is before social media this is before youtube and so there's no like end game for this this is just <laughs> solely for our own entertainment you know anyway so we do pranks and stuff and you know there are some that were a little like less kind we drive around we throw water balloons at people sometimes which you know i regret now that's kind of a lame thing to do but it's you know teenagers it's Again, I know very few people that haven't done that at some point. Um, until you throw water balloons at the wrong party. <laughs> and that's where it takes a dark turn. Um, so yeah, so Sam, this is when, he, like, so Sam's driving around with a couple of his friends and they, they pull up at to this party, right? And, you know, 
they, they drive up there's they, they, people are just outside you know it's just like an outside they're standing in their yard it's just a bunch of people like you know drinking just goofing around and, like, and they just jump out and they're like hey, take this and they just throw a couple water balloons you know and drive off um you know again nobody likes to get hit with a water balloon but again pretty mild as far as like pranks go um and so it's it's later at night i think it was like 11 p.m so they flip around they drive away they're over um for those of you that know Salt Lake City, they're down on State Street and right about the overpass at I-80. <laughs> if you guys want to know where it is. Anyway, so he pulls up and he's sitting there and this car pulls up behind him and they're sitting there and they're just talking, you know, they're listening to music. And then the light turns green and he said the second the light turns green, suddenly his back window just explodes. And so he guns it, he he steps on the gas and yeah, and like that's when they, they it was after the fact they actually noticed the gunshots. Is first the back window oh, wow. just shatters and then suddenly there's gunshots and so he guns it he's driving um they, he's keeping his head down he's driving his uh, like his buddies in the in the passenger seat and then they have a friend that's in the back seat and um they're driving and he's just gunning it down and then he notices that they didn't actually follow him they must have just shot and then taken off um they didn't actually follow him so he's looking and he's all like, oh man, are you okay? He looks over at his buddy and he's like, are you okay? Are you all right? And his, his buddy's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And they turn around to look at their friend in the back seat and they're like, hey, are you okay? And she's laying back there and she's just laying there staring up at the roof. And there's blood. <laughs> and so, oh. yeah. Oh, this took Yeah, so time. it's crazy. It was crazy. Anyways, they pull over. He jumps out. They call in the police, call in an ambulance. He runs around. He goes and talks to her. He goes to like find her and she's just laying there and she's just looking just wide, eyes wide open. And he's like, holy crap. He's like, my friend's dead. And then suddenly she sits up and she's like, <gasps> and he's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and so like she did actually get hit, but ended up getting out of the hospital. Like the next day, no permanent injuries. She was fine, which is crazy because it like hit her in the back, like cheek. Um, and... Oh. And then she walked away from it the next day, and she was actually totally fine. So, moral of the story is: uh, don't throw water balloons at people's kids. At people, kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that was the last day of pranking, wow. I think, for all of us. When apparently things got a little too serious. But yeah, it, it was yeah that was crazy. Um, so those are crazy adventures of the Arkham Boys uh, in the teenage years. So. Wow. I mean, I think that in itself needs its own deep dive episode <laughs> right to be honest at some point but uh i'm just wary of the time right now um a couple more uh, and then we'll get on to the scenario steering it back to uh well steering it back to call of cthulhu and things like that what advice would you have for new cthulhu players slash dms Ooh, um so the biggest thing I, when I, I guess for DMs, like um, for running games, it's, it's, you should know the rules. I know everybody ends up kind of being like, oh, you know, we don't, we don't look at the rules too hard here, you know, and we throw them out, which is good. Like, but you should know the rules because a lot of times the rules are there because they tested them and they, they, you know, so if you. Um, and they know like how it works and if you do something different it's gonna break the game that's you know typically what's happened and why the rules are in place not necessarily all the time not all of them are perfect but I think you should know the rules well enough that you know when you can break them and it's not gonna ruin the game 
and then suddenly down the road they're going to be like hey well you did this one thing you got to do this again and it's like ooh. um and also so yeah so knowing the rules trying to be fair with your players um when adjudicating said rules and and so yeah so then knowing when you can break them when not to um and number one thing though that i always go back to is the rule of cool it's like and again like let your players do cool stuff if your players want to do stuff let him let him do it and kind of the number one thing is somebody running the game is the whole point is to have fun like you're there for everybody to have fun and so if maybe they're not paying like the closest attention to everything that you're trying to lay out there and like you know they're kind of deviating from your story um like i know that can be frustrating but if everybody's having fun like you've succeeded and i always see this and this is one of the things that always drives me crazy in like a lot of the message boards like you know or social media and somebody's like oh yeah we do this and then like 200 people are like you're playing the game wrong you know um the thing i would say to those people it's like if you're having fun and your players are having fun then you're not playing the game wrong right that's that's the number one thing um that touches base on gatekeeping yeah. a little bit um right yeah and like you know and that's that, that's something i always thought was funny about gatekeeping too is and it's like nobody can keep you out of doing something you want to do you know like if you want to if you want to play the game like i mean like I, I went and bought the books myself i taught myself how to play i just grab i drag my friends into it you know like don't let anybody try and keep you out of something if you want to do it like just because other people are like oh this is how you do it this is how i do it like you know who cares they can do it in their game it's your game that's the thing also too just own your game it's your game you own it if you want to change the rules that's fine if you want to add some things take some things away it's your game so own it um and then for players don't make your dm want to kill you (laughs) (laughs) sorry wrong button (laughs) um very fitting yeah yeah, very fitting yeah um yeah for players it's i guess it's yeah you know have fun when i always tell players like i tell them not to worry about the rules so much and like, just tell me what you want to do and I'll figure out how to make it work within the rules. Cause I don't, I don't want my, especially new players. Like I don't want them thinking too much about like, can I do this? Can't I do this? Cause it's, it's hard enough to get people like immersed into really thinking like so many people come from playing like board games and video games that like, it takes almost like breaking out like some habits for them to really realize that a role playing, like a tabletop role playing game is a, a, is totally different. And it's like, you really do have the power to do whatever you want and to create any kind of story you want. Like what you do becomes, you know, it becomes canon. It becomes something that actually happened. You're not just like an avatar in a video game that like, you know, you eventually run into a wall, like an invisible wall and you can't go past it. You know, that's not how role-playing games work. Um, if, you know, you can actually build a real world and a real story together. And so that's, I guess the thing to the players is just like, you know, it's hard but try to kind of immerse yourself into it because the more you do it actually the more fun you have the more you get into it and the more invested you are in the story and the characters the more fun the game actually gets next thing i can say is uh well considering time wise do you have any recommended podcasts that you indeed listen to whether they be game related or otherwise um okay uh pint of cthulhu number one with a bullet at the very top so (laughs) 
You guys got to listen. I'll, to I'll go ahead and Venmo that money for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm expecting him <laughs> to check him bank account. Hold up. That's five, five, seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so podcasts. Um, now that I have a desk job, I'm a little, uh, I'm, I'm behind on all my podcasts, but um, possibly my all-time favorite podcast might be Mysterious Universe. Um, which I don't know if anybody, I don't know if you guys are into like paranormal stuff at all. Uh, even if you're not though, like if you do run games or anything, listening to paranormal podcasts and things like that is fantastic for getting like, uh, material for games. Um, but yeah, mysterious universe, it's a couple of guys out of Australia that just do paranormal stuff, but it's entertaining. It's fun. It's hilarious. Um, so I definitely recommend those guys. Um, in other ones in the gaming space, you know, there's kind of the standards, uh, critical roles. Great. I listen to a ton of them. Um, Mm, they're good that yeah you know and they're like they're really the gold standard of you know oops, sorry you know they're the gold standard of dming and 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 you know role playing and everything so um so yeah critical role is great the adventure zone is fantastic that was one of the ones that really wanted me to do a podcast too i already did want to but here in the adventure zone you know for how clean and tight everything is on that how good they do with all their music and sound effects i love that um let's see alchemy this is really good it's um it's it's just like an improv sketch comedy podcast and it's pretty dang funny um uh let's see uh what else can i think of oh in the call of cthulhu space uh how we roll do you guys listen to how we roll no oh uh how never yeah they're they're a they're pretty darn good. It's like in Call of Cthulhu games. They're one of the, uh, definitely one of the better ones. I like them. Actually, uh, Matt, you remind me of their, uh, their keeper from their show, Joe, quite a bit. You sound, oh, yeah, God, you really? sound a lot like him. Your voice does. <laughs> I got to find yeah. this now. Um, but yeah, they're good. They're one of the first ones I found, but they're, they're pretty solid. Um, you know, good entertaining shows. They're fun. They're funny. And Joe does a good job on, you know, maintaining the atmosphere pretty well. So, Let's see. I don't know. Any other ones? I'd say those are it. Mysterious Universe. Play, Critical Role. Adventure Zone. Alchemy This. Check it out. Arkham Files. The Arkham Files. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the Arkham Files. <laughs> Was that other one that... Oh, the one I do. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> What is uh, what other what tabletop games other than Call of Cthulhu? I mean, you say you like D and D, Call of Cthulhu, D and D. What other do you have other ones that you would like that you would recommend? Um, well, yeah, D and D. Other ones like I literally like at my house. I have like a stack of games in my closet that I have not even had time to touch. Um, so there's lots of board games that I like. Um, again, that I don't have time to play. Probably my favorite tabletop game outside of like role-playing games is i love dominion the card game do you guys have you guys played that one at all um nope it's i, I have heard of it and my wife loves tip i mean any kind of board game so i'm yeah. sure i will play it some yeah <laughs> dominion's great it's a it's it's like a card game it's like a, a card like a deck building like card buying game but that's one that like if you want to like get people into tabletop games that's the one that's that's the gateway drug that I always use because <laughs> it's really easy to pull people in because it's 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 quick and it's easy to learn and it's it's fun to play. 
so yeah i really like that um let's see i do like um oh man i'm drawing a blank uh that's it that's all i do i, I have nothing i have no life guys <laughs> <laughs> oh no there's been, a, there's been a bunch of other uh tabletop games i've been wanting to try like you know starfinder i have like a box set of the warhammer um uh role-playing game yeah warhammer um but i i have not i still like a bunch of it's still in the shrink wrap like i have not had time to actually even pull it out and learn how to play it um uh lords of Waterdeep. that's a board game that one's a lot of fun um we recently played cthulhu wars with the peterson guys um and that mm, one's really cool i listened to that episode. yeah that one's uh that's a cool game like it's like they did a really good job on that one it's expensive <laughs> um because it has like all the miniatures and everything are like gigantic and incredible but that's a that's a, that's a pretty dang fun game uh, that one's probably more for kind of hardcore board gamers um but that one's pretty dang cool i definitely recommend checking that one out Ooh. uh well finally i'd say uh where can people find you and your podcast? Oh, all right. Uh, you can find our podcast just about anywhere. Spotify, iTunes, um, CastBox. And we are The Arkham Files. So you can find us there. Just search for The Arkham Files and we should pop up. Um, online, we have a webpage, uh, ArkhamRPG.com, where we also have sweet, sweet merch. So you, you got to check out that merch. It's good stuff. We have a Doe Haven's Bakery t-shirt. For those of you that, that <laughs> like Dohaven Balabo. Um, but we do have some cool stuff on it's there. Nice we have pleasure. like some cool notebooks and things on there too. But uh, uh, and then also uh, our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the Arkham Files, and sign up and give us money. Even if you don't listen to the show. You know, just it'd be a good thing to do, right? Money, money, right. money. <laughs> Maybe, you know, <laughs> make this like an actual job so we can have time and, and get more episodes out. But yeah, that's that's yeah. us. That's where we're at. Well, thank you very much for your time for this interview. We uh, have a few minutes before we start our scenario, but um, thank you very much, anyone, for listening. And again, if you want to find these guys, Arkham Files, highly recommend it. Go and listen to them. Give them a five-star review. That's all I have to say. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thanks a ton, guys. It was a lot of fun. Right. And goodbye for now. <laughs>